The sin of coveting or the joy of contentment. Which would you prefer? We'll find out today on From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve. Today we want to look at the final commandment, the 10th commandment. A different commandment than the other commandments because it's a commandment that doesn't deal with actions, it deals with attitude. So here's the question, are you a covetous person or a contented person? He can heal every scar. Are you a covetous person or a contented person? Coveting is well discussed in Scripture, but it's not something we necessarily think about very often. Welcome to the Monday edition of From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve. In today's lesson, Pastor Jeff provides three convicting insights from the 10th commandment that says, you shall not covet. And it'll help us break free from this devastating sin of coveting. Today's lesson begins the last in this 10-lesson series, Written in Stone, a study of the Ten Commandments. Pastor Jeff's been in this all month long. For information about how to catch up on any of these programs you may have missed, or how to get the entire series in the format of your choice, or your gift to From His Heart this month of any amount, just go to fromhisheart.org. But now open your Bible to Exodus chapter 20, as Pastor Jeff explains the dangers of the sin of coveting and the joy of contentment. Today we want to look at the final commandment, the 10th commandment. A different commandment than the other commandments because it's a commandment that doesn't deal with actions, it deals with attitude. Exodus chapter 20, verse 17, the Lord says, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Coveting is well discussed in the Word of God. It's really not something we think about necessarily a lot. We think about the actions, but coveting is about attitude. And coveting in the 10th commandment really bleeds over to all the other commandments. It's a fitting conclusion to God's Decalogue. Now, I want to ask you a question. I want you to think about this for a minute. I've entitled the message, The Sin of Coveting and the Joy of Contentment. So here's the question. Are you a covetous person or a contented person? Now, you think about it. Are you a covetous person? This is a quote from Charles Spurgeon. He said, it's a strange thing that hardly anyone ever admits that he is covetous. Mr. Covetous tries to make us believe that he is only thrifty and prudent, both excellent qualities which are not to be condemned, but he really is greedy and grasping, which are quite different. He denies help to the poor and help to the work of God. All he cares about is himself, that he may be rich. Oh, we don't like to think of ourselves as covetous. So I want us to take a little test to see, covetous or contented, a little test to see. Now, you don't 
answer these out loud. Just answer these in the quietness of your heart because it would be way too convicting and and embarrassing for you uh, as it was for me when I asked the questions. But how do I know if I am dealing with the sin of covetousness? Number one, have I hurt others to get more for myself? If you have hurt others just to get more for yourself, it could be that you're a covetous person. Number two, am I preoccupied with making and accumulating more? Number three, am I very reluctant to share my money and share my possessions with others? Giving is not something I enjoy doing. Number four, I am frequently grumbling about my lack of resources and the current state of my life. Number five, I believe one can never have too much money. Number six, I find myself thinking if only I had blank, then I would be happy. I find myself comparing my blessings instead of counting my blessings. And number eight, I find myself always wanting more, 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 more. The sin of coveting. Hey, the Lord says, do not covet your neighbor's house, your neighbor's spouse, anything that belongs to your neighbor. I want to share with you three important insights from commandment number 10, insights that are convicting, but insights that will help us to break free from this sin. Number one, the sin of coveting is a sin of the heart. It's an internal sin. It's not like committing adultery. It's not like committing murder. You shall not kill, commit murder. You shall not murder. It's not like you shall not steal. Those are all on the surface. Now, Jesus took them down into the heart in the Sermon on the Mount, but on the surface for the Jews, that's an action. That's an action. Coveting is not an action. It's an attitude. It's a sin of the heart. Jesus said in Matthew 15, 19, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, slanders. You know, the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7, he said it was the sin of coveting that convicted him he was a sinner. Because as he looked through the Ten Commandments, he would say, "Uh, honor your father and mother. I always do that. Uh, You shall not commit murder. I would never do that. Uh, You shall not commit adultery. I would never do that. Uh, You shall not steal. I would never do that. You, you shall not lie. I, I bear false witness against your neighbor. I would not do that. You shall not covet. And it hit him in the heart. And he said, well, I haven't done those outward things, but I've had those in my heart. I have wanted to do that. And it's out of the heart that all this stuff comes. Now, what does it mean exactly to covet? Coveting means to long after or lust after something with great desire with an inordinate desire for that thing, whatever that thing is, your neighbor's house, your neighbor's spouse, your neighbor's stuff. You long for that. You have this lust for that. And literally what the word means in Hebrew, it's an interesting word, hamad is the Hebrew word. It means to to delight in something to the point that you must have it. 
It's okay to delight in something, but to the point of that you must have it. Give you an example. The second time this word is ever used in Scripture is in Genesis chapter 3 with Eve. When the devil is tempting Eve, you eat of this fruit and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was delight, a delight to the eyes, that it was desirable, hamad, to make one wise, she took of the tree and ate and gave to her husband with her, and he ate. She just kept looking at that, saying, I have to have that. I want that. It's a desire for that which God has said no to. See, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that belonged to God. That was the only tree they couldn't eat from because that, in putting it in the vernacular of the 10th commandment, that was their neighbor's tree. That was God's tree. That was God's fruit. And he didn't give them permission to eat it. So coveting means to long after, to lust after with great desire. Secondly, coveting is an insatiable craving for more and more and more. Oh, when I covet, I just want what you have, and I want to have more and more and more of it. Hebrews 13.5 says this, let your character be free from the love of money, being content with what you have. The Greek word that is translated love of money is a word that means without covetousness. Let your character be without covetous, not greedy for gain, filthy lucre for money. So the Scripture tells us that when we're coveting, that creates this insatiable desire. And we're never going to be satisfied with the more and more and more and more and more. You keep getting more, and what does it do to you? It just says, I need more, I need more, I need more. It's an insatiable craving for more and more and then coveting is where all other sins are born. It's the breeding ground. It's the incubator for every other sin. That's why the 10th commandment doesn't deal with an action. It deals with an attitude, and all the actions spring out of that attitude. It comes out of the heart, as Jesus said. James chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. That word is translated three times in the Greek as coveting, by his own lust. When lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. It's in your heart, and you say, I have to have this. See, the eye sees what the heart desires. Do you remember in the book of Joshua when they went up against Jericho? God had told them, listen, I'm going to give Jericho that fortified city with the high walls. I'm going to give that into your hand. But here's the thing. Everything in the city of Jericho is mine, God says. It is under the ban. You don't take anything from Jericho. But we read about a man who did. His name was Achan. And uh, he took what belonged to God, didn't belong to him. He took a Babylonian coat, he took a wedge of gold, he took some silver, and he looked to make sure nobody saw, he put them in his cloak, and he took them to his tent, and he buried them in his tent. 
Well, God saw that because the eyes of the Lord are in every place watching the evil and the good. God saw what had happened. Well, then they go out after the big victory at Jericho, they go fight a little piddly town called Ai. So small, it only has two letters, Ai. And they said, well, we don't need to send everybody to Ai. Ai is like, you know, we're going up against a, a seventh grade B team, uh, you know, and we're the, we're the mighty Israelites. And, and uh, so just send a few thousand. Well, they get routed at Ai and, and Joshua doesn't understand. He goes before the Lord says, Lord, what happened? I don't get this. And the Lord says, Israel has, has sinned. They have taken what is under the ban. And so the Lord reveals that it is Achan who took what was under the ban. And so Joshua brings him out before everyone and says, give glory to God. Tell us what you did. So Achan answered Joshua, Joshua chapter 7, verses 20 and 21. So Achan answered Joshua and said, truly, I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. And this is what I did when I saw among the spoil a beautiful mantle from Shinar and 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold, 50 shekels in weight. Then I coveted them and took them. And behold, they are concealed in the earth inside my tent with the silver underneath it. I coveted them. I saw it. I coveted it. I stole it. And it cost him his life and the lives of his family members who were obviously in on the sin. Hey, the eye sees what the heart desires, and he had a heart that desired those things. And so his eye lit on them very quickly, and he coveted it, and he took them. You think about David. David, his eyes saw Bathsheba, and he wanted her, and he took her. Where did the sin begin? It began in his heart. It began with coveting. He wanted his neighbor's wife, and his neighbor was Uriah the Hittite. A man who would have died for David's honor ended up dying by David's hand. And you want to know something, this is just an aside, but something that uh, I, it came to my mind some years ago that just blew my mind. When Uriah the Hittite died and he goes to heaven, he was an honorable man, loved the Lord, he goes to heaven. The Lord has to have a conversation with him that says, now Uriah, you need to know something. You died fighting David's battles. But what David did, he took your wife and he took your life. And the grace of God allows Uriah the Hittite to welcome David when David died into heaven. It's mind-blowing that this is why I died, because this man that I loved, that I served, he stole my wife and he put me in the fiercest part of the battle and had everybody withdraw from me. Hey, the sin of coveting, a sin of the heart, a terrible, horrible sin. Secondly, second insight, the sin of coveting is not only a sin of the heart, it is a sin of idolatry, a sin of idolatry. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 5 says this, for this you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous, pleonexia is the root word there for covetous, Covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. So it puts coveting in with idolatry. Who is a covetous man who is an idolater? And then the Lord in Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, he does the same thing. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, pleonexia, which amounts to idolatry. 
Greed, covetousness, is idolatry. And that Greek word, pleonexia, literally means having more, desiring more, wanting more and more and more and more. Let your character be free from wanting more and more and more, being content with what you have. So it's a terrible, horrible sin because it's likened to idolatry. It's having another God before God. Isn't it interesting that the 10th commandment is idolatry, which goes back up to the first two commandments, you shall have no other gods before me, you shall not worship them or serve them. It's connected to the 10th commandment, you shall not covet. Now you mark it down, you cannot serve God and money, God and wealth. God and other things. Jesus made that clear. And when we think about the the coveting and greed and longing for other people's stuff, it's really about that, that neighbor's wealth. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. That's what he has. You shall not covet your neighbor's spouse. We say he doesn't own her. No, he doesn't own her, but she is his wife. That's his. You shall not covet your neighbor's male servants or female servants or donkey or oxen or anything that belongs to your neighbor. So his house, his spouse, his anything. You shall not covet that, want that, desire that. You can be happy for him that he has it. You can appreciate the fact that he has it. But you better watch your heart that you don't start longing for that. And uh, when we think of idolatry as it relates to covetousness, the American idol is money, more so than any other thing. Now, you can have a covetous heart as David did for Bathsheba, for his neighbor's uh, wife. But lots of times when we covet, when we're greedy, when we want more and more, it's for things. It's for things. Uh, Not very many of us are like Solomon who want to just keep adding wives. Uh, One is plenty. And so, uh, you know, I mean, most guys would say that. Man, I love my wife, but I don't want to have two. Uh, Just one is plenty. And so we, but we want to have maybe uh, two houses. I like to have my house and then a beach house or a lake house. And I'd love to have a boat. And I'd love to have this. I'd love to have that. And a friend of mine has a place in on the golf course in California and another place in the cool mountains and another place here and another place there. And, and how wonderful, oh, if I just had that. Watch yourself with that. You cannot serve God and money. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other or he will hold the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. So are you trying to do that? You're trying to serve God and wealth? You can't do it. You can't go north and south at the same time. Money is a wonderful servant. It's a terrible master. The Lord is the master. We serve him and he provides for us and we use money. We don't worship money. I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine. This is years and years ago. We were both kind of starting out in business after college. And he said to me, he said, well, Jeff, I know one thing's for sure. I said, what's that? He said, it's not wrong to want to get rich. I said, oh, yeah. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 9, but those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which 
plunge men in to ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. And some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and have pierced themselves with many griefs. Money is not the root of all evil, but the love of it is. We live in a world today where people, by the untold millions, love money. They just money, money, money. Everything is about money. They're constantly thinking about money. They're constantly scheming, how can I make more money? Hey, if God blesses you, that's wonderful. And are we supposed to work hard? Yes. Are we supposed to be uh, industrious? Yes. Are we supposed to use the mind God gave us to try and better ourselves and better our families and and the environment? Yes. I think of R.G. Letourneau. He was a guy that was great at, at engineering these huge pieces of equipment to move earth. And he was not going to let money become his God. R.G. Letourneau got to the place where we talk about the tithe. The tithe is the Lord's. The tithe is 10%. R.G. Letourneau says, I'm living on the 10th. I'm giving God 90%. And God just kept blessing that guy because he was a conduit of blessing. He wasn't going to allow his heart to be covetous. Well, we're going to pause right there in our lesson today, but we'll be back tomorrow after a brief review. Pastor Jeff's going to continue warning us about the dangers of covetousness. Make sure that you're with us then. But before we go, I wanted to tell you that today we've just finished part one of the last message in Pastor Jeff's new 10-lesson series, Written in Stone, a study of the Ten Commandments. He covers them all in real depth and inspiring encouragement. And if you missed any of these broadcasts, you'll want to listen again online at fromhisheart.org. Now, if you'd like to get the entire series, either on a USB flash drive, digital download, CDs, or DVDs, you can call 866-40-BIBLE, 866-40-BIBLE, or go online to fromhisheart.org and make your gift of any amount to this ministry this month. And when you do, we'll send you the series in the format you choose. Remember, Pastor Jeff receives no income from this ministry. All the support you give goes to get these programs produced and distributed on over 850 stations across the nation each day, in 182 countries on television each week, and always available online to a global audience. Your gift in this, our 20th year celebration, will truly be a blessing to us and to those who hear and see the Word of God proclaimed with truth, love, and hope. Again, call 866-40-BIBLE or go online to fromhisheart.org. Make your gift and request the series, Written in Stone. We hope, too, that when you visit our website each day, you'll listen to the Real Hope Minute from Pastor Jeff. Sign up for the weekly Real Hope email encouragement letter you'll get every Friday morning or download an MP3 of any broadcast you may have missed. Again, go to fromhisheart.org for that. Thank you for joining us today on From His Heart. I'm Larry Nobles, trusting you'll return tomorrow for part two of this last lesson in Pastor Jeff Shreve's Written in Stone series. Here's a bit of what we'll hear then. Everybody has something that is the most important thing in life. And if it's not God, then you have another God before God. You've broken the first commandment, and that comes from a heart that is revealed in the 10th commandment, you shall not covet. Jesus is the antidote to coveting. And when you're looking at other things, 
It just reveals that you have taken your eyes off the Lord Jesus. And here's the thing, gang. It is so easy to do that. Be with us for the conclusion of The Sin of Coveting and the Joy of Contentment, when we'll again open God's Word and share real truth, real love, and real hope from His heart. His Heart is the listener-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, speaking the truth in love to a lost and a hurting world. Remember, no matter what, God loves you, and He has a wonderful plan for your life. Find out more about that when you go to fromhisheart.org.